Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and uh, we are studying Sefer Divrei Amim together. Now we're going to study Sefer Divrei Amim Aleph Perak Chaf Bet. Uh, <coughs> as we concluded in the last podcast, and actually read the first pasuk of Chaf Bet, David had identified the location where he was commanded to set up a Mizbeach and decided that that would be the house of Hashem. As we read in Pasuk Aleph, So this is the house of God and this is the place of the Mizbeach. And this is the Mizbeach itself. He had already built the Mizbeach at this point to bring Korbanot in order to uh, stop the plague that uh, had happened because of the census that he had directed and now we continue. Vayemar David, lichnos et ha-gerim asher be'eretz Yisrael. Now, gerim literally means strangers. He gathered the strangers. Who are these gerim? As we'll find out, vayamed chotzvim lachtsov avnei gazit. They are going to quarry hewn stones. Livnot beit ha-elohim, to build the house for Hashem. So he's decided to build the house. He gets workers to quarry the stones. Who are these gerim? So if we associate this with uh, the task that they're given, and look back in Sefer Yoshua, Perak Tet, we find that the Givonim, who were members of the Chivi nation, who were supposed to be wiped out, had disguised themselves as foreigners, had made a breach with the Nisim, and as a result of that, we were not allowed to destroy them, to wipe them out, and <clears throat> the agreement was that they would be enslaved to the Mikdash. So the notion is that these are the Netinim, as they're called, the Givonim. David also prepared iron for the dowels, as it were, for the doors of the gates. And lots and lots of copper, bronze. And countless, innumerable amount of cedar wood. Because the, from, from Sidon and from Tsor, from Sidon, from Tyre, they brought, um, a, a tremendous amount of cedar wood to David. This, of course, approximates what we read in, say, from Lachim Aleph, Parakeh, when Shlomo turns to Hiram, the king of, of Tsor, to, uh, and negotiates with him for cedar wood to be brought to build the Mikdash. But here David prepares it already in advance. And David now says, My son Shlomo, the young and tender Shlomo, uh, that he, that's he is, And now we have to build the house to Hashem. So he's putting two together. Shlomo, who is young and tender, and the house which has to be built great and with great glory, the Chol Aratzot, for the whole world, Achina Nalo, I'm going to prepare it for him. And the sense here is that Shlomo is too young and too tender to be able to do all of this work himself. I can't build it, as we'll hear soon, but I will do all this preparation. And David, before he died, prepared all of this. Now there's a separate component besides everything else that appears here, that David is identifying Shlomo at a point where David is still operating, uh, he's still alive, he's still an active king, and David identifies Shlomo as the one who's going to take over for him and is going to build the Beit HaMikdash. In Sefer Shmuel, there is no affirmation of who is going to take over for David. 
because after all, the obvious crown prince Amnon is killed. The next one in line, who should be, is Avshalom. He is killed. Um, and then Adoniyahu, who really should be the next one based on say, the order of succession, uh, tries to take over while David is old and cold and unable to really govern. And that's when Bathsheba and Natan together get David to agree to give the kingdom to Shlomo. It is unclear from Sefer Malachim if David had ever made such a commitment or if they now got him to make the commitment that Shlomo would be uh, in charge. And that as part of a an issue of a coalition of who sided with Adoniyahu and who sided with Shlomo. On the other hand, in the Divri presentation, Shlomo was identified from his youth as the one who would take over, and he would be the one to build the house, because Hashem had told David that your son will build the house. Uh, so let's see how this plays out. He called Shlomo, and he commanded him to build the house. And of course, none of this is in Shmuel Malachim. None of this parak is. So he says to Shlomo, My son, I intended to build a house for Hashem, my God. And God spoke to me, or same saying, and remember that in uh, we had it earlier in Perak Zion and in Shmuel Bet Perak Zion, was when David wanted to build the house, and Natan was instructed to tell him that he won't build the house, that his son will build the house, and the sense both from Shmuel and from several passages in Malachim and from Wisan Yudzayin was that Hashem was saying to David, essentially, that first I will build your house by having a dynasty, which means you'll die and your son, unnamed, will take over, and that, uh, and then he will build my house, whoever that is. Here we get a very different uh, description, and it's one of the more famous lines from Divrayamim, you have spilled lots of blood. You've done great battles, great wars. You will not build a house for me, for my name. You've spilled lots of blood in front of me. Now, is this referring to the spilt blood of wars, which sounds like from the context what it is, that you're a warrior king? And that's fine, but that's not somebody who killed with the Mikdash. Was it referring to blood that David spilled, perhaps not justified within the war, such as the blood of Uriah and the soldiers who attacked Ammon along with him, which again is not mentioned in Divrahamim at all? Unclear. The simple read of this text is that David is a warrior, and a warrior spills blood, and somebody who spills blood cannot build the house for me. Now, why is this not mentioned anywhere in Shmuel and Malachim? So possibility one is that it actually is mentioned in Shmuel and Malachim, meaning that Hashem gives David the job. Your job is to fight the wars, to secure the boundaries, to create a secure and uh, solid kingdom. And because that's your job, you're a man of war. And a man of war can't build the Mikdash. Nothing wrong with that. The second possibility is that Divrahamim has a particular agenda of trying to uh, to escalate the sanctity and to focus on the sanctity of Yishalayim and the Beit HaMikdash, as we see in several instances throughout Divrahamim all the way to the end. Uh, and perhaps that is you know, with an intent to try to motivate the Jews who are living in Bavel to make Aliyah and come to the place of the Mikdash, or that the people living in Yerushalayim should honor the Mikdash more. Take a look at the first chapter of Malachi, and you can see what the problem was. And by identifying that the Mikdash is something that can't be built by a warrior king, even one as great as David, that that heightens it. So those two possibilities are always going to be there 
uh, as different ways to look at the Rayamim's different presentation of David's not building the Mikdash. Indeed, he continues and and alludes to what was said in Shmuel at Perzain. You're going to have a son born to you who's going to be a man of rest. And in play, play of Menucha, I'm going to give him respite from his enemies, Misaviv, around. His name will be Shlomo. And I'm going to put peace and tranquility on Yisrael in his day. And that's, of course, the famous last Pasuk in Malachim Aleph Parakei. Um, that uh, everybody is sitting, every man under his grape arbor and his fig tree, everybody is relaxed in Am Yisrael at the time, a uh, very beautiful picture. What's interesting here is that this seems to indicate that the divine name for the son was Shlomo, whereas in Sefer Shmuel, when Shlomo was born, uh, David calls him Shlomo, and then Natan comes and gives him a different name on behalf of God, which is Yedidya, friend of God. It's a little different take. And it's not mentioned here at all. So he, and now in this presentation, Hashem identified Shlomo. Um, and uh, before Shlomo was born, which puts a very different take on the whole Batsheva incident, because remember that David took Batsheva and uh, had a relationship with her, which led to a baby being born who then died. And subsequently, David then married Batsheva, and then they had Shlomo. But to say that this is part of uh, pro- prophecy, you're going to have a son named Shlomo, changes our whole orientation towards the Batsheva incident itself. He will build a house for me. I will be. He will be like a son to me. I will be like a father to him. And I will establish his throne on Israel forever. Now that is exactly what is said in Shmuel Bet Perak Zion, but again with an unnamed king, an unnamed son, and not Shlomo. So now David turns to Shlomo and says, Now my son, as a result of this, God should be with you. You should be successful and speedy to build a house for Hashem your God. As he said about you, fulfilling the prophecy. God should give you understanding and wisdom and command you and charge you over all of Am Yisrael in meaning that Shlomo of course is not your king David's talking to him to keep the laws and instructions of Hashem your God and this is echoes of the first chapter of Yoshua the charge to Yoshua by God you'll be successful you, you, if you guard all of the laws and statutes that God commanded Moshe. This is absolutely taken from the first chapter of Yoshua. There's David's charge to Shlomo approximates Hashem's charge to Yoshua. And, and Yoshua taking over for Moshe who cannot complete the job. Now it's Shlomo who's going to take over for David who cannot complete the job. And I, in my, uh, in my pain, meaning the pain that I could not build the Mikdash, at least I prepared for the Mikdash, um, a hundred thousand talents of gold, uh, a million talents of silver, um, innumerable or unweighable uh, copper and iron, and I prepared the, the wood and the stones. We read about all of that. 
And you're going to add to all of that. And you also have many workers. Core, uh, uh, people who work in the quarries and smiths who will work on both masonry and on wood, carpenters, experts in every sort of work. And again, gold, silver, copper, iron, innumerable. Get up and, and do it, and God should be with you. There was, of course, a very great difficulty with Barzel. Iron, when is the Iron Age exactly? And David then directs all of the leaders to help Shlomo his son, when he dies, when David dies. God is with you, he's going to give you respite from your enemies around you. Because God has given me, in my hand, all the people who live here, meaning the alien residents, and this ties back to the beginning of the parak of meeting with the Gerim. And the land will be conquered before Hashem and before His people, which again is a Yehoshua phrase. Meaning that the author is deliberately making an association between Shlomo's charge and David in a sense and Yehoshua's. So pay close attention to always seek after God and look after God. Look for God. And get up and build the Mikdash. And this almost sounds like Haggai's words in, in, at the end of Parak Aleph, in the beginning of Parak Bed of Haggai, to get up and rebuild, meaning rebuilding the, 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 the Mikdash. And you understand within the context of the time of Divrayamim what the significance of this is to give people the, uh, the feeling that their new Mikdash, the newly rebuilt Mikdash, what we call the Second Temple, really is uh, a proper continuation, even in spirit, of the first. And build this house in order to bring the Aron, with the covenant with Hashem, and all of the holy vessels to God, into the house that's built for God. And that's, of course, what we read in Parakhet of Malachim Aleph, when Shlomo brings them all in and has that beautiful uh, dedicatory ceremony. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We're going to pick it up in the next parak as we read about um, David's uh, cabinet, as it were, and the people that he sets up uh, over Israel before he dies. But in the meantime, we'll conclude here and wish everybody a wonderful day.